Because there's always more to learn. Join us for Enlighten Me. Each episode takes on one topic, one question, maybe even a controversial idea, and we go on a deep dive with our expert researchers to share some facts and shed some light on the subject. Hey, we learn something new every show, and hopefully you will too. Listen on Spotify and Apple Podcast. New episodes released monthly. Hello and welcome to Big Ideas, a podcast from Texas State University. I'm your host, Dan Seed, from the School of Journalism and Mass Communication. This month, we're joined by a legend in Southwest Texas State and Texas State football history, David Bailiff. Coach Bailiff is a Texas State Hall of Honor inductee who played for the Bobcats from 1977 to 1980 and returned as head coach from 2004 to 2006. Of course, during his tenure as head coach, he guided the Bobcats to the Division I AA, which is now FCS, national semifinals before moving on to Rice, where he led the Owls as head coach from 2007 to 2017. He returned to the family, so to speak, in March as a special assistant to new head football coach, G.J. Kinney. We're pleased to welcome Coach David Bailiff. Coach, thank you so much for being here. Hey, I'm excited to be here. It's excited to be home. You know, this is where it all began, and it's unbelievable that this is where I can end this great journey I've been on. You know, this is where my friends are. This is the people in this town are the people I love, you know, and so it's been heartwarming to come home to an incredible reception, you know, everywhere I go. You know, I came to Southwest Texas in 1976. I was young and dumb, and now I'm coming back old and wise. (laughs) And so, Coach, what is it about Texas State that holds a special place in your heart? Obviously, as a student athlete and a coach, but but just the place in general. What what is it that makes it feel like home and family to you? What's really crazy is I I I was a student here, obviously, and then I went to New Braunfels High School, and I was a football coach at New Braunfels High School and a history teacher. And then you come back and you're a graduate assistant here. Uh, so John O'Hara hired me full time. So I got a year of John O'Hara and then Dennis Franchoni came aboard and we went to the University of New Mexico. And then I came back as the defensive coordinator. Uh, I wanted my kids. I was having, we were expecting twin boys and it was important for me to have them born in the great state of Texas. So I left the University of New Mexico, moved back to San Marcos. Children, my twins were born in Austin, left. Went to, uh, where'd I go? I went to TCU as a defensive coordinator. Then I came back as the head coach. So I think professionally, I've been here 16 years and as a student. So the greater part of my life almost has been in San Marcos. So I have friends, you know, from my college days through my defensive coordinator days, through my head coaching days. And, you know, this is where you want to end up. And like I said, when GJ called me, I told him I'm in a three-point stance. Tell me, set hut, and I'm on the way to San Marcos. To be totally transparent, I, I really was thinking about retiring. And then uh, my wife said, you haven't been home in 35 years of marriage. You follow me around the house. You drive me crazy. You better <laughs> find something to do or we may get divorced. So I thought, man, I better find something to do. And fortunately, the next day, Coach Kenny called, uh, who have nothing but respect for you know, I really like him. When when I was the head coach at Rice, he was the starting quarterback at Tulsa. And at the end of every football season, I write a personal note to the player that I think exemplifies that everything's right in college football. 
And so I wrote Coach Kenny a note telling him what a class act he was and how bright his future was going to be. And from, from that note, he goes on to the NFL, but every summer he'd bring his brother back to my quarterback camps. So that's where the relationship started to grow and uh, was impressed with him as a player uh, in the NFL and in college, impressed with him as a, as a young coach. And if, if you look, everybody that was hiring him, he used to either play for or coach for. So that's, you know, that says a whole lot about the quality of, of young man that he is. So I was reading about that tradition that you had of, of writing a letter to one player, one opposing player every season. How did that come about? That's a really interesting thing because you don't hear about things like that a lot, if ever. And especially in the big world of college athletics now, it feels very corporate, but yet here's a very human connection. How did that come about for you? Like what made you want to do that to a player? You know, I have no, I have no idea. It was just something I felt compelled to do, to let the great competitors know that it, it was observed, that they weren't only great competitors, they were great men, and they were going to make this world better. You know, and I just, I really did. I felt compelled to, to write a note, let them know what I thought about them. You know, that was one of the things as a head coach, too. I would, I'd have my freshmen write their favorite teacher. I'd have them write their favorite coach, their favorite guardian or parent that got them here and teach them how to format envelopes, you know, and, you know, use the little that little add-ons you try to do in life skills to, to help them along the way. And that's something too that's interesting. Again, big time college athletics now, we we see these stories of coaches with these huge contracts and you know, the money and, and endorsements and whatnot. But at the end of the day, coaching is about teaching flat out. Yeah, if you're not a if you're not a teacher, if you don't love them, these young men we get to coach are somebody's treasure. My children, the bailiff's children, are my, my family treasures. And so, you know, that's part of a, a coach. I think that's what G.J. do so well at. He's so authentic and humble and concerned about these players that he help, he's going to help them grow as men and be great husbands and great leaders. And, you know, I personally think that's what it's about. And, and I love winning, okay? Don't get me wrong. But now at my age, I love when I get a wedding invitation because that means I had an impact in, in somebody's life. Those are the big wins when you get those things. Do you remember what you told Coach Kinney in that letter back in the day? Does anything stand out about I, I don't, but I, I know I would have told him how bright his future was going to be because you also get to go to the, the media events and watch him interact with the press and interact with people. You know, so there, there's just the clues out there that, if you know, if he'd have gone into finance, he'd have been at Goldman Sachs. He's just that kind of guy, whatever he does. And he chose coaching. He checked every box to be a head coach. You know, there's a couple other guys on this staff that he's hired. I love this staff he's put together here. He's got guys that check every box on, uh, they're going to be head coaches one day here. And not only did you have a relationship, I suppose, in the sense that, that you faced him when he was a player, but the same thing happened last year. Uh, last season, your AM Commerce team faced his UIW team. When you were across the field, obviously you're dealing with your own team, the game, all that. But what did you see in him going up against him as an opposing coach this time that really impressed you and made you think when this opportunity came around, this is a guy, yeah, I want to be there and I want to be with him? Well, they, they ultimately they beat us. They were unbelievable powered offense now. And I think the score was 35 to 14 at halftime. I believe it was tied and there was no panic in him. You know, you could just see the the self-belief, you know, a lot of, a lot of young guys panic. There, there was, there was nothing in him. He was just like he was before a, 
the game started. You know, we had a great visit before the coin flip. And, I, you know, I was proud of him. You know, his dad's a high school football coach. So he's grown up in this game. So there's, there's, you know, he's a great high school player, a great college player, played in the NFL. There's nothing he hasn't seen. So he's a very young coach, but he's got old man wisdom because he's been in a locker room his entire life. Texas State fans and, and those of us that have graduated from the university and, and now work there, we've had this optimism for a long time with every head coach that has come in over the last 10 years or so, for the most part, that this is the guy. But that optimism has quickly been dimmed. Things have felt different, though, since Coach Kinney arrived. What does he bring to the table that gives you, an alumnus, a, a former coach, a big-time college coach, that optimism that says this guy can make a difference? Well, take us behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah, you know, first off, I wouldn't have done this for everybody. I do this because I, I want to help Coach Kenny be the first coach to go to a bowl game. He's got big dreams, and I want to help him achieve them. Here's how it works in the great state of Texas, and it's such a – it's crazy, okay? And, and a lot of – if you're not from this great state, you don't understand it. When did UTSA get so good? When they got a high school – former high school coach that went to college. When did Baylor get so good? When they had a high school coach art that would – when did Tech with Spike Dykes? So – I, he's from Texas. Donnie's from Texas. And so the high school coaches are going to try to help somebody they consider their own. And that's just how it works. You can bring in uh, Bear Bryant here and GJ's do a better job because he's from Texas. That's just Texas and Texas high school coaches. There's 13,000 of them and they want to see one of their own succeed. And they're going to look at coach Kenny as one of their own. And if you just, you look at the decades, Baylor was bad and they brought in NFL coaches, and they brought in – and all of a sudden they hire a guy named Art, who's a Texas high school coach, and he gets it rolling. You know, it's just – I don't make the rules, but that's those are the rules of Texas. And GJ's already been out to the Texas High School Coaches Association and sat down and visited with their president, Joe Martin, and, you know, gone out there and met with 32 of the power brokers around the state. So he's making all the, all the right moves with the Texas high school coaches. And I, I think – you know, one, they, they appreciate that. They know that they just came off the road. You know, we were all over Texas in the high schools. You know, my phone was blowing up with guys excited to see Texas State in their high school again. And that's, you know, that's just that's how it works. And that also helps you. You go in there, you build relationships, and all of a sudden there's a great player from Lake Travis that's hitting in the portal. Well, then Hank's going to try to help us because we've been in that school and we've developed a great relationship with him. And so this role that you're taking on, special assistant to the head coach, we've seen this role grow in popularity in recent years across college football. What exactly is it for you here, and how are you going to be contributing to the program? This is an off-the-field role, correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. You know, right now what I'm, I'm mostly is getting out of this community and uh, trying to rebuild a lot of bridges that aren't there right now and to let them know Coach Kenny's real. And, you know, we believe in him, believe in his staff. And I think the good times are on the way. And if I didn't believe in him so much, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this. And my role evolves, you know, all the time. I kidded when I got here that I'm America's oldest GA. You know, whatever Coach Kenny asked me to do, that's what I'm going to do. If he asked me to go try to secure a car, if he asked me to go. And because he knows I, I still know most of the people, you know, in this town, I appreciate him bringing me back. You know, and so we meet daily. We just 
you know, went over my next next task he wants me to work on. And, and I'm trying to get him to the hospital gala, try to get him to the Heritage Foundation. You know, I'm trying to get him all over town to introduce him to, at these functions where I can get him and his, his wife somewhere. He's got a great wife, two, two little boys that are out of this world. And I'm trying to get them to all the different venues I can. So that the city of San Marcos, see, he, he lives in San Marcos. You know, he wants to be part of this community. He's not living in New Braunfels or South Austin. He's living in San Marcos and he wants to be a part of this community. And that's, you know, one of the things we talk about turning this into, again, is a community. We, we have to have the support of the city for us to be the best that we can be. And in return, we have to support the city. You know, we're all in this great little town together. And the, the more relationships we can build, the better we're all going to be for it the better the times, you know, when these guys graduate, that they're going to come back and give back and keep this university star on the rise. You mentioned, and I think it's a great description that you, as you said, you're the oldest GA in the country. And of course, people that don't, that don't follow football aren't aware probably that a lot of coaches in order to get into coaching, they start in these graduate assistant roles. So this kind of takes you back 40 years or so what has that been like? I mean, is it exhilarating to, to get your hands in the dirt like that again and, and be that guy? I, I love it. I would also like to say I'm probably America's highest paid GA. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not making $300 a month. So, but it's, you know, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy people. I enjoy getting out. I went and spoke to a group of realtors yesterday with Patrick Rose. You know, we had the groundbreaking yesterday on the new the renovations that are going on around here you know, i just i try to hit every public event there is and i try to get gj to as many of them as i can and you know he's busy they went so deep in the playoffs and incarnate word texas state let him finish that out and so we have to play catch up now because he didn't even have a meet and greet you know he hit the road here and he went recruiting they've just done a masterful job in the portal you know we have some great players coming to town so you know, it's a fun time to be here. It's the first time I've ever been the oldest on a staff. You know, I think I may be the only baby boomer in the whole athletic department. <laughs> thinking, thinking about dyeing my hair. Actually, I told them at the front office, I said, if they walk up here, if they're gray bald or got a belly, just get them to my office before they forget who they came to see. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty much held true. You know, it's it's almost comical because one of the GAs came up and said, Coach, you're right. Everybody comes to see you is gray bald or got a belly. I said, that's <laughs> correct. Oh, boy. Well, it sounds like you're relishing the role. And we're joined by David Bailiff, a special assistant to the head coach of Texas State football. You mentioned the portal, right? And of course, that's something that's relatively new in college football. As a coach, what is that dynamic like to be able to strike that balance between building relationships with the high schools and that bread and butter of the, the recruiting pipeline, but also having to look in that other end, that free agency aspect, basically, how has that changed the way that coaches approach recruiting and developing a team? Well, you know, the portal is, uh, you look to most of the guys we're taking, they're from Texas. They're, you know, they want to come home. You know, a lot of guys get wrapped up in those 48 hour trips and think they want to go a long way out of state, then realize, you know, I want mom and dad in the stands every week. So they're looking for a home. And then the high school, you balance it out. You take about half portal, about half high school and, you know, develop those kids. And, and, you know, it's really, it's hard anymore. Like when I was at Rice and we won the conference, I redshirted my entire freshman class of 23. 
and then five years later we won the conference. Well, that formula is gone. You can't say I'm going to redshirt everybody anymore, and then in five years we're going to be wonderful because now if you develop them and you're not, they're not happy, they just hit that portal and they're gone. So one, it's still a relationship game. You know, you got to make them where you they see you're developing them and they're getting happy and they can see a, their future here. A lot of kids get in that portal too and never play football again. Right. You I know? was going to say, you see so many guys enter and it's like, oh, they're gone and they're looking for that big thing and then you just never hear from them again. Right. It's, it, and they're not offered, you know, especially those young men that jump in there with no game film and they think they're going to go to power five. They just never play football again. Or they, they go down to D2 or D3, you know, to try to find an opportunity. There's a downside to that portal, too. Like I said, a lot of them remained unsigned. So when you're recruiting, you know, high school guys looking through the portal, what's the kind of player that you're looking for? Obviously, physical attributes, ability, but like the, the type of person or the type of player that you guys are really trying to hone in on to rebuild this thing and get it moving. Well, first off, life's too short to coach turds. You know, this is a turd-free environment. We're going to coach high-character kids that go to class and represent us the way we want to be represented. That's what Coach Kenny stands for, and I love it, you know. You don't win football games where, you know, if they won't do the little things, you're going to have a hard time winning football games. If they don't go to class, you got to force them to. That's, you know, the environment, the culture we want over here. These, these kids that we're taking are highly vetted. You know, we're calling coaches that coached them or – where they are now, you know, they're just not coming in here with us not doing a pretty thorough background check on them as good as we can do. We look at all their Twitter accounts to see if there's any warning signs that, you know, that you don't want them. A lot of kids lose scholarship because of the stupid stuff they put on Twitter. We're looking at everything. When you're when you're going to make an investment in a young man, you want to know everything about them. And it's a big investment with scholarship money and education and whatnot. And the, the face of the program, right? Athletics always viewed as the front door to a university in football, primarily, especially in Texas. So when you look at Texas State football, we've had so much success in other sports. Baseball, for example, has been really successful. The basketball team has had some really big runs over the last few years. What needs to happen? from where you're sitting to get the football program to be that front door, that face of the university athletically, which then of course helps everybody. It puts the university on a, a higher level or a higher standing, I guess, for prospective students, faculty, athletes that aren't playing, you know, or people that aren't playing sports. What needs to happen here to get that ball rolling? Well, I think that's already happened with hiring Coach Kenny. He's well-respected and it's, it's going to be all of us trying to get with the students and get with the, the citizens of San Marcos. And, you know, to win, it's got to be all in. That's one of the things we'll get him around to the students and to the fraternities and sororities and get the support because he, he's a winner. And it's not, I would, like I said, if I didn't so believe in him, I would not be here. You know, I believe he's the right guy. The energy, when you see him, how authentic he is with people. He, he's amazing, you know, his, his entire story of went from Canton and to Gilmer. And, you know, like I said, you just, you, I think you, you hire an exciting Texan with the accolades that he has, and recruits are going to be around that. You look at what we're attracting, and a lot of that's because of the accolades he has from being in the NFL, you know, from being a great player at Tulsa. So, you know, I think it's an exciting time. I've sat in on everybody's meetings. I've quit doing that now 
but there's not a coach here that I wouldn't hire. I mean, he has put together a great staff and they are hardworking. I mean, they recruit 24 seven. And so I've been impressed with the work ethic. And I think the team too, if you watch his practice, is how, how hard these guys practice for him. You know, they want to please, they want to win. Losing's a disease and so is winning. And we're going to catch that disease of winning around here. And He's the right guy as the head coach. We'd certainly all all like that to have October, November roll around and have that disease of winning be here and, and have a, a program where you're in the thick of things as, as the season winds down. I want to get back real quickly to the high school recruiting. In terms of the way that you've built or rebuilt relationships with the high schools, the previous staff focused a lot on the portal. A lot of those relationships kind of withered with the high schools. Where do you feel Texas State is now with the high schools in comparison to before Coach Kinney came or, or even when you came on board? Well, you know, I know he's done a great job of getting into the high schools. Even though and I didn't work here, I still got all the calls, no matter where I was, what, what the problems were. You know, you try to explain to them, I'm not there anymore. You know, I can't help where they recruit. You know, it's his program now. And so I've always, even then I didn't try to, I always knew what was going on around here. Somebody Somebody was calling me, either telling me something good or we've got to get these guys in high schools and you got to help us. And I said, I, I'm, I can't do that. You know, that's his program now. But I also know by the phone calls I was getting then from the high school coaches to the phone calls I'm getting now that we've made a major step in the right direction of, of repairing a lot of those relationships. And, that, you know, that's good news. Like I said, there's a lot of Bobcats that are high school football coaches and they all have my cell number. I used to change it every year, and then I quit doing that because I couldn't remember it. So I still get a ton of phone calls of when things are going good or when people are not not happy, which just floors me, you know, because there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. But for some reason, they thought I had a direct line to the president or something. But like I said, now, like I said, he's already been out to the Texas High School Coach Association. He's already met with the 32 power brokers from the high school and Joe Martin has took the whole staff to a, a barbecue. And so we're, we're making great strides. And, it's, you know, it's not going to be done overnight, but we, we will get it there. And, you know, I think, you know how cool it would be to have a bowl ring from the first bowl ring in FBS with, with my conference championship ring back in 1980. You know, that would be nice to add one of those to the collection. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad, right? I mean, that'd be that'd be a pretty sweet cap. Pretty full circle, yeah. Yeah. So... You mentioned, you know, people calling, thinking that you had a direct line to the president. You've been here since March. Surely you've interacted with our new president, Dr. Danfis. He's a huge sports fan, big into sports. What is he like in terms of really pushing this thing forward? He is amazing. And that's all with capital letters, okay? I can't say that boldly enough of what all he represents. But he's just not athletics. He's everywhere. You know, you go to fight night, there he is. You go to every event I go to, there he is. The coaches actually think there's a tw they're twins. And I there's an AM that. president and a PM president <laughs> is, what, is what the guys told me. We think there's two of them. You know, he sits with the students at, at baseball games. He takes the time to meet. I heard the Strutters talking great things about him, you know, at a baseball game. So he is a strong advocate, but I, I believe he's that way all over campus. You know, this is for the first time in my, how I look at it, there's not a fuse missing from the head coach to the athletic director to the president. I think everything's in line there for the winning to start. 
And alignment is huge. We hear that all the time in the big programs that alignment between administration coaches is, is vital and key. And so when you look at your life at Texas State, going back to when you were 18 years old, and then you come back as a head coach in the early 2000s, and now you're here, what to you is most amazing about the transformation of the university with regard to athletics, academics, the, the whole nine yards? Well, I think optically that the name changed at Texas State, although it was hard on some guys. It was even a little hard on me for a little bit. But I think that's really elevated our level. I think Texas State, if you think about it, it's been 20 years now we've been called Texas State. So the freshmen come in here don't even know who's what Southwest Texas is, you know, which is pretty amazing. You see these facilities now and the athletic programs, they're still about to get better. I, I went up on campus the other day and it was a, I didn't even know what all those new buildings were. You know, I'm going to have to take a tour and somebody's going to, have to tell me what all this new construction is. I recognize Old Main and Jowers Center. You know, everything else is, is, is about new. But I think, I think all of that, students are a lot more sophisticated now than we were. They want to see nice things. We, you know, we were in dorms with unair-conditioned halls or heated halls, you know. And, and now students, if you're going to attract them, you've got to give them nicer things. And I think, I think the president's done that. This president will continue to do it. Our, our trajectories is really on, is still continuing up. How I see it. You look at the the number of applicants in the freshman class that, that have enrolled. I think he said it was forty two thousand high school seniors that submitted applications. Texas State's still growing. You know, I made a mistake. Got on Ocarina Springs at five my first day here. So, well, that was a mistake. That used to be the easiest way. Thirty five. Yeah. So yeah. You got to learn when to drive around here again. The river's still packed. I told my kids, my boys, I said, y'all really need to think about moving here with me. They said, why? I said, because this river, you ought to see all the people on that river right now having fun. So I think, you know, it still offers a little small town feel, but it's it's still such great people here that are here for the students. You know, you talk to this faculty and they're here for the students. You know, they they understand their role is to, I mean, this president, I'm, I'm with him at fight night and he's talking to an incoming, incoming freshman and he gives her his business card with his cell number and says, if you have any problems, I'm your first call. Now, you know, what president does that? I mean, he is absolutely so here for the students. And I, I think that's the way it should be. You shouldn't, shouldn't hide in your office. And that's what the strutters were saying that they never saw our former president. And so, I, like I said, I'm, I really enjoy watching him work and the work crowd. And I think he'd have been a great football coach if he wasn't a college president. He thinks you're a good recruiter. I was just going to say that because he is truly everywhere. I see him all across campus, all weird times of day, different places. He's at all the games, no matter the sport. And so it is a nice thing to see and to have somebody that really is passionate, outwardly passionate about the university. You mentioned facility upgrades. That's something that's coming down the pike. What exactly is coming down the pike with that? And how is that going to help with recruitment and, and the building of this program? Yeah, well, first off, our, our weight room is way undersized. When I walked in this building, I was stunned that nothing had changed but some pictures on the wall from when I was here 16 years ago. I was complaining about the weight room size when I was here. Makes a strength coach stay there all day because you can't fit your people in there. So they're going to double the size of the weight room. They're going to put on like a party deck on top of the weight room for a better game day experience for fans. You know, recruits 
are like your wife. They want to see nice houses. You know, the nicer you can show them, the better it is. It's just, it's out today. It's out yesterday. It's no longer just about the scholarship being a student athlete. It's about having nice things around you while you're training. You know, you get stronger in a closet, but you can't recruit to a closet, you know, so you better have all the, the bells and whistles and to let them know you're going to develop in a, in a weight room because they all have dreams of going on. You know, everybody's got to have that dream if they make it or not, but the dream's important. So this fall coming up in your new role, will it take an adjustment for you to not be on the sideline, headset, managing the game versus what you're doing now? How do you think that's going to play out for you? What, what's your expectation? You know, what's funny is I told Coach Kenny, yes, yeah, I, I almost feel lazy. You know, after you, you've coached for 40 years and all of a sudden, you know, I had some weekends off that I'd never had. So it's an adjustment. But, you know, I tell you what makes it easier is the people I'm around. I think if it, I don't know that I could have done this at any other school because I see so many friends that I came to school with. You know, I didn't get to see anybody for all those years because I was always working on Saturdays. Right. And so it, it's been nice to see some of my former teammates and young men that I coached and people around town that I was really close to. I didn't, I didn't make a lot of friends in Houston, you know, and I didn't make a lot of friends in commerce, but so all my really inner circle friends have always been in San Marcos and that makes this very doable for me. And, and just, it's fulfilling to know I'm helping my university and helping coach Kenny get on a path of success. Now, last question before we let you go and thank you for your time in doing this interview. But when we look at this team coming up for the fall, not asking for a record prediction or anything like that, but what do you think we can expect as fans for when the season kicks off and throughout the year in terms of the quality of the team, the the competitiveness, or, or just stuff that maybe we, we haven't seen over the last few years with the football program? Well, I know the offense is going to operate at a very high tempo, so it's, it's really an exciting offense to watch. There's a lot of uh, play action misdirection. He, Jay, GJ likes to throw that ball down the field now. He is, uh, if he could throw a deep ball ever, ever play, I believe he would. So I think you're going to see some points. I think we're going to have a team that's very competitive. You know, we start out tough with Baylor and UTSA, and that'll be a pretty good yardstick of what we need, where we are, and what we need to do to to get to the Sun Belt and compete. You know, Jim Wacker, you know, he'd always tell us people that's the talk about the future. He said he noticed everybody that predicted future lived in crappy houses. So he would he would never predict what he thought was going to happen. They always they'd always ask and that was always the stock answer. And that's pretty wise for a coach too, right? Just let's not put things out there that's going to come back on me later. Anyway, I think I really do. I think the obviously the best is yet to come. We've got an exciting new head coach, exciting staff, and and players that are really believing in what he's doing. And, I, you know, I like being home. I like having a small role and helping. Have fun. You know, I, I mean it. I have no bad days. That's the one thing Coach Wacker wouldn't let us have is a bad day. I love what I do. I love being around these young men. I love being around this coaching staff. And I, we'll have a lot of fun getting this thing going where it needs to go. But we need y'all to be all in. You know, we need you to help spread. Have y'all bought your season tickets yet? Not yet. <laughs> we need you to buy your season tickets uh, coach you you may have convinced me because your, <laughs> your your passion your enthusiasm you know what put me down all right here's the ticket office no, no i'm kidding you call get your season <laughs> tickets get it out there hey i did get bored one day and i went over there 
and uh, I went over there selling season tickets. And I just, I told Donnie, I said, I'm going to go over there and make some phone calls. And so I'd go over there and I'd say, this coach David Bailiff, I need you to get buy your season tickets or renew them. They go, they got you selling season tickets? I said, no. <laughs> I just volunteered. I was a little bored over at the office. So I have fun here every day, and I'm around great people. And it's it's so good to be home. And, and thank you for the honor of appearing on your podcast. It's been special. Thank you again for your time, and thank you all for the privilege of your time and listening. We'll be back next month with a new guest and a new episode. Until then, stay well and stay informed. Big Ideas TXST is a presentation of Texas State University. Subscribe to experience more innovative, thought-provoking content. If you like what you hear, consider leaving us a starred review, five if possible. The views expressed during this program are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent those of the university. Big Ideas is hosted by Daniel Seed, produced by Jamie Bloschke. Strategic consultant is Kelly Raz. When you go to Texas State, there's never a shortage of things to do. From engineering and opera to esports and fencing, we have it all and more. Listen to our new podcast, Try at Texas State, to learn more with me, Giselle, about the kind of organizations and programs that make Texas State so special, and to take a deep dive into niche subjects that find its way into our everyday lives. Listen on Apple Music or Spotify, and episodes release every other Wednesday.